Coming to you from St. George, Utah, this is 70 is the New 50, a fun look at the joyous side of aging. And now your host for 70 is the New 50, Jan Graham Hunt. Hello and welcome to 70 is the New 50. I'm your host, Jan Hunt. And yes, the good news in 2022 is that we are getting younger and healthier and more active as we age. We're going to talk about that and shine some light on inspiring examples. A little bit about me. I'm a recovering lawyer. There's no cure. We take that one day at a time. I'm a Salt Lake City transplant. My husband and I have been here for about nine years. And sure, we found that St. George is a mecca for not only pickleball and hiking and biking, but also vast opportunities for learning and personal growth especially for us youngsters over 60. Why this podcast? I got the idea from my son, Will, who works in entertainment in Los Angeles and is a podcast creator and host. He showed me the world of podcasts and helped me create this one. To begin, let's make this clear. Aging is not a negative. It's a victory. We're proud of our age and more importantly, what we are doing at our age. I'm thrilled to be 72 and counting. Finally, we are recording today in the podcast room, run by Sean Denovan on the beautiful Dixie State University campus, soon to be Utah Tech University in gorgeous St. George, Utah, which we think of as the cultural epicenter of the West. I am really delighted today to have a very special guest, Della Lowe, who has been a dynamo in our community and in the past seven years, the voice and face of Doc Utah, our phenomenal documentary film festival sponsored by DSU with an international reputation. Welcome, Della Lowe. Thanks, Jan. It's a pleasure to be here. Della, if the show took all day, we wouldn't have time to cover your incredible background in television and marketing. But take a few minutes and give us a feel for what you've done starting as a producer for ABC News and Good Morning America. Well, thank you for asking about that. Actually, I've always just taken a lot of chances in life. Mm. I wound up, I was originally in the art world in New York, but I had some friends who worked at ABC. They weren't important people, but it looked like an interesting job. So I simply walked in and decided I was going to do that. (laughs) And I took a job as a secretary because that's what they gave women in those days. I love the story. Yes, it's, it was, I was very upset being given a job as a secretary because I already had some screen credits in film and television. But my husband, who was very smart, told me to take the job because it was with a show, a news show. It was a public affairs show, not a business unit. And I kept stamping my feet and saying, that's not what I want to do. But I did take that job, and it was with a terrific public affairs show called Directions, which had been on the air for many years. It was a Sunday show, and it was uh, we, we dealt with topics at the time that the news division considered women's topics, like sure. nuclear disarmament, <laughs> education, <laughs> the environment. But it was, it was a fabulous opportunity, and after 18 months, as a secretary, I was the producer of the show. So, and I spent eight years on that show, and then it was taken off the air finally, 
uh, and replaced, uh, I think David Brinkley took my spot. Oh my, my, my. And you mentioned your husband, and I know he's had an incredible career. Tell me, uh, talk just a moment about Michael and his background. Sure, so Mike went into the television business uh, when he came out of the Army. He just knew that uh, he had two passions. One was jazz, and the other was, you know, sort of creativity in television. And so he got himself a job at Wayne TV in Fort Wayne as a director. But then he came back to New York as a cameraman and an editor for ABC and spent 17 years at ABC in the broadcast operations and engineering. But during that period, ABC started its cable division. And Mike was recruited out of broadcast operations to help start that cable division. And so he, he, did, he did very well. He asked, helped to start five cable networks, <laughs> including arts and entertainment, Lifetime, Amazing. places like that. But eventually he became the president of a company that introduced the very first nonlinear editing system to the industry. And for that, he won an Academy Award. And that is something that I heard about your husband when I was very first here in St. George, and it's a remarkable story, and we're so lucky to have him and you here. Yeah, it was very exciting. Della, looking back, um, and and I know that there's so much more we could talk about um, in terms of just, just getting your start and hitting it big. Looking back, what did you love, and what, what did you not love? About the jobs or Ex- life. Exactly. And we can, we can get to the other part of that as well. Well, you know, because after television, I went into high-tech marketing when yes. new, news had changed too much for me. I just decided it was time. But I think this, the things that you constantly run into as a woman, two things are sexism and ageism. Yes. And in television, you are very often surrounded by a lot of very young people, the same way as you are in high-tech. The, the things that I love, though, are the idea that you go into work every day and it's never the same. And that's true in high tech as well as in television right. because there are so many people snapping at you, the heels of your company that you have to be very, very creative every day. And I, I love that. I, I just never wanted an ordinary life. That is something about you that I think is so intriguing. And it seems to me that you probably had that attitude fairly early in your life that you knew you wanted something unique for yourself. Where do you think that came from? Well, I'm not sure. My mother was an artist and and she was in and out of college at 14 years old. She was very brilliant. Oh my. My father though was the adventurer. My mother was the one who would say, you know, well, what if? But my father was an adventurer uh, one time he had a midlife crisis and he simply flew to Mexico City and drove to the Yucatan Peninsula where there weren't even any roads. He just decided to do that. And I never realized how much of my father I had in me until I was older. I see. I thought see. I was more like my mother, but I'm not. I, I think I get it from my father. He loved history. He he loved travel. And we went a lot of places. Our, we were not left home as children. We would travel with our parents. So. It was a wonderful model. And siblings? I did have a sister. Um, she was a very difficult person, extremely difficult person, but she happened to be the person that started the very first PC magazine called Byte. 
She was the publisher of that. And then she sold it after five years to McGraw-Hill. That's incredible. And made herself very, very yes. wealthy. Another very smart woman in the family, I see. She was, she was very brilliant. She just had a <clears throat> very strange personality. <laughs> well, uh, this is just a little chat, Della, just between you and I at the kitchen table here, so no one's going to know that you said that. <laughs> um, tell us about um, how it is you and Michael came to come and live in St. George, Utah. It's very, very different from where you've been, and we've talked before about you're, you're very much an East Coast person. Let's talk about that. Well, we were living in California for 14 years before we came here, but we knew St. George very well. We had driven cross-country several times because we both loved driving trips, and, and we used St. George as a base several times in the late 70s in order to uh, go to the parks. The funny story that I always tell about St. George is that all the land that Entrada is built on, where I live now, was offered to us for $125,000. The entire The entire area. area over there on Snow Canyon, and right. we, didn't, we didn't buy it. And you know what the interest rates were in, in the 70s. The owner of the land offered to hold a simple mortgage at 10%, and we didn't do it because we were living in New York. Sure. Uh, I wanted to do it. It would have been a good deal. Yeah, it would have been a good deal. You can't make more land. So we knew St. George, but I was in a company in Silicon Valley, the last company I was in. I was there for seven years. I was the only woman in the company in the United States, and the company was being reorganized, and I thought, this is not good. So I simply decided it was time to move on again. And I would figure it out. But the other thing that I researched that was incredibly important to us was the medicine. My husband's medical problems were being ignored by Stanford. And we got here, and he was pretty close to paralyzed. And I found the right doctors and the right surgeons. And in uh, December of 2013, on the 17th, he was in a wheelchair. On the 19th, he had surgery, and on the 21st, he was walking. That's that, amazing. That was a Christmas miracle. So I'll we say. have actually left 30% of our estate to this hospital. Della, that is such a wonderful thing to know about both of you. I agree with you. I think the medical facilities here are unbelievable, and we are so fortunate to have them. And I know that... Um, Michael, I believe his name is Lincoln Nadal over at the Cancer Center at the hospital, came from Stanford. So it's yes. interesting you mentioned that. And uh, it's just an incredible, incredible facility here. We are so lucky. We are very lucky. And uh, what we found is not just because of the medicine, but because of the culture, every single person at that hospital, from the guy who sweeps the floor to the surgeon's really treats the patients in this wonderful human way. That's fabulous. That's so fabulous to hear from you. And I know, I know that, um, I know a little bit about you and Michael and you're two of the most inspiring people. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. Um, tell us a little bit, like I say, you, you've been the voice and the face of Doc Utah for the past seven years and for all that I've known of it. You've made it happen. Talk about Doc Utah. It's been huge for this community. Well, you know, I really appreciate that. I tend to think of myself as the Doc Utah flack. 
because I'm the marketing person. And my job was to make it visible, as visible as possible. So I, I joined in 2015. Uh, of course, you know, the person who started it and was a driving force is Phil Tuckett, who had this sure. vision and he, he made it real. But they, they really needed marketing and they needed people to know about it as much as possible. But when I learned about this, this festival, I thought, how can a town this size, because I know it's grown tremendously, but to me it's a small place, have something of that quality. That caliber. Yeah, that professionalism. So the idea that we can bring filmmakers in from all over the world, to me, was remarkable. And I just wanted to make sure that people knew that and then tried to expand it a bit beyond th this area. But it's been, a, it's been a great ride. Well, and I would say, honestly, Della, mission accomplished. You have done a fabulous job. That is an incredible, incredibly demanding job. I know you've worked 60, 70 hour weeks throughout. I've seen it. And um, what can we say? You made it happen and we appreciate it very much. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, Della, this podcast is about how we stay engaged and motivated and feeling fully alive as we age. And as always with my guests, I want to talk to you about how you continue to do that. And I have what I call my, my big questions. And I guess first I would ask you, what are the things that you do now in your life that make you feel the most alive, the most connected to the person you want to be? And I think that's a little bit of a challenge for all of us, and I'd love to know your take. Well, I don't think that I've really changed my attitude about that very much. I mean, first of all, I don't believe in retirement. I will never retire. <laughs> it's just I not me. That. I love that. Well, I don't, I don't have hobbies. You know, I don't play bridge. I am an athlete. I was a runner and a tennis player, and that's fine, but that's for my health. But, you know, so I was asked in a job interview recently, what is your why? And I had trouble not laughing about that. But every day, I have two things. I want to get up and learn something new and make a difference. That's what I do. And it's, to me, it's, it's about that every day. And I've made a point of that, which is why I say I've had five careers because I decide, well, gee, that looks interesting and I do it. And I just learn it from the ground up, even without, you know, officially formal training. So I, I really feel that way. And I, I don't use the cliche, you know, that age is just a number. But the fact is, if you think about it that way, you're going to fall into that, that malaise. And I just don't believe in it. Right. I, you know, I will not allow that to happen to me. And we all have challenges. But, you know, challenges are opportunities. Well, absolutely. And I always try to remember to do this. I, I, would it be bold of me to ask you your age? Well, I'm uh, going to be 77 years old in uh, three weeks. <laughs> and this is audio only. So I wish we had cameras at this moment because you look incredible and honestly, so very healthy and, and youthful looking. And I'm just, it, it's amazing. It's all genetics. I'm Eastern European. We're very tough. Well, I was going to ask about, you know, I think it's always interesting to compare our parents' lives when they were the age we are now. So thinking of your parents at 77, 
my guess is you're a little more active, a little more engaged, but I don't know your parents. I, I am, although my father never retired. He kept going in his business, literally, you know, practically died on the job. But what I always think about is my grandparents, who obviously had terribly hard lives. You know, my grandmother smuggled herself on a freighter when she was 17 to get, just got out ahead of the First World War. But I look at those old pictures, and my grandmother at 55 looked ancient. Right, right. And people, you know, would tell you all the time, you know, you can't do that. You're too old, or you can't do this. And I think, you know, if you just don't believe in it, But I do think activity has made a huge difference. Never, just never stopping. Right. Why would you? I love that you mentioned um, your two goals every day are to learn something and make a difference. And the learn something part of that, I I cannot stress enough how much I see uh, the importance of that here. You know, we're here in part to talk about the Institute for Continued Learning and the role that they have played for retired people. Um, it makes things come alive, and I see it in so many ways. But talk about learning. You're, are you still learning? Well, yes. I mean, <laughs> we're great, both of us, Mike and myself, we're great readers. We we are, you know, steeped in history all the time. And, of course, because of the business we come out of, we're still news junkies. Sure. News may be a little different these days, and sometimes I'm screaming at the set. Yes. But nevertheless, I, you know, and we have both traveled extensively in Europe, have not been able to get to the Far East. Um, our, one of our great dreams was to go to Petra in Jordan and see that incredible monument there. Uh, I'll probably get there. I don't think my husband will, but he he's a man who keeps, you know, taking great courses on his own because he is very handicapped, as you know. So he takes great courses online, and and uh, I try every day. And he's brilliant, by he, the way. He is brilliant. He really is. And that is. helps. He right. is brilliant. But also, you know, I took this new job. Just as the pandemic hit, I took this job at, uh, at the hospital. And every day I, I learned something new about the medical profession, and I love that. And, it, you know, I get up in the morning feeling like I want to go to work. It's great. It's wonderful. Well, and we all know aging is not a picnic uh, in the park. Um, So often what I hear, it's very similar to what you just said from other seniors, is how they manage those challenging times. And we are going to have them. But it's experiencing those and really accepting those, but having a vision about moving forward. Tell me about your feelings about that. Well, as you know, um, my husband has been actually has been ill with one thing or another for almost our entire marriage, which is a very long marriage. Um, There are times when I talk to him about the vows that we took, you know, in sickness (laughs) and in health, and I do ask him where the health part is. But I, I just think that, you know, we in this country have faced so little real adversity in our in our lives we haven't had wars on our soil you know many things so i think that if you accept what happens to you you know it's a very buddhist concept the idea that if you accept your life as it is you will be happy if you constantly think that you deserve more you will never be happy and and you know 
I, as I said, I went through, you know, uh, so many things in businesses that were so male dominated and, you know, very aggressive people. Right. But, you know, something, I still had a great life and a great career and I refused to dwell on that. And I think, I think Mike's done a pretty good job with it too under, in his case, really very challenging. Very yes. extraordinary circumstances. Well, it's inspirational on, on both counts. And, uh, you know, you mentioned um, we, are, we are spent so much of our younger lives. We were stressed about being ready for the future, uh, achievement and money. And I guess to me, some of the joy about aging is that we can, we can focus on, on right now. And that's not something I've ever been good at, but I'm trying to learn. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? Do, do we have more freedom and joy as we age? I think you do, um, because you don't, you don't get into this, this worry about what other people think of you all the time. Yes. Yes. You try every day just to make yourself better. And it's, you know, if someone doesn't like you or someone says something nasty to you, it doesn't matter, you know, because you know who you are. And I think that's true of both men and women, which is why, you know, men really sort of get to the very top of their game in their 50s because they have that self-confidence. And, and women also, you know, you're, you're just not into the, you know, listening to the mean girls, let's say. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Very, very important. I, I think that's a Probably a very big challenge for for a lot of us is to really uh, let go your concern yeah. about other people's opinions. It's a hard one to let go, but it's it's yeah. it's critical, I isn't mean, it? I don't take my opinion of myself from your opinion of myself. Right. It doesn't mean that I ignore my my weaknesses, but I refuse to let other people uh, tell me what I am. It's wonderful. And I've always known that about you, by the way. Uh, Della, we have just a couple of minutes left, and this is the tough part of the interview for me because I have just learned that you are leaving St. George. And uh, tell us about that and, and what lies ahead for you and Mike. Okay. Well, there's, there's really a lot of reasons f uh, that we're leaving. I mean, I never really was a desert person, and we've had a good eight and a half years here, almost nine, really. Yes, yes. But I'm accustomed to more of certain things. I'm accustomed to more diversity. I'm accustomed to um, more type of cultural events. You know, we drive very frequently to the Smith Center in Las Vegas to see the Tau drummers or something. Right, understood. And so it's, it's more or less time. We're also both water people. My husband is from Baltimore, was raised on the Chesapeake. I was raised at the ocean in New York City. And it's just, I think it's just time. It's almost going home to right. go to the East right. Coast and get to, you know, city that has more diversity. And there again, I would prefer not to have 115 degree summers. Yeah. Understood. The summers <laughs> that, are, are a challenge they, for us. They are tough, but it's going to be hard to leave behind many things. I mean, it's certainly hard to leave behind Doc Utah for me because it was it was just huge to fall into something that was so perfect for me. And I have a hard time imagining it without you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But also, I have made wonderful friends here. And by the way, you know, as you know, I'm a Democrat. 
but I have made wonderful friends on both sides of the aisle here, and people have been very kind in many ways. And, you know, going back to leaving the hospital, a very large chunk of our estate, yeah, that's going to be hard. It's wonderful. But it's time. It's just time. Sure. And you, you feel that, and you both feel that strongly. And, and this move really is for me, because this moving here was really for Mike, for the medicine Sure. And to get settled sure. right away. But this move is for me because at some point I'm going to be alone. I want to be where I want to be. Understood. And that's, again, that's another reality we all have to accept, it is. isn't it? Well, uh, Della, it's been a joy knowing you and watching you shine in this community of St. George. And I want you to know that we are going to miss you. Doc Utah is going to miss you. And uh, we really miss we really uh, wish you the very, very best. Well, thank you. I'll miss you, too. I'll join you in power. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, each episode, I like to end with something inspirational, and today it's a quote from one of my favorite writers, Betty Friedan. Aging has not l- lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity and strength. And that's a wrap. Thank you to our guest, Della Lowe, and to all of you for joining us for 70 is the New 50. Stay curious, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us for 70 is the New 50. In coming episodes, you will meet the rock stars in our community who are sharing their expertise to empower us to stay young, healthy, and happy as we age. We'll see you on the next episode of 70 is the New 50. In the meantime, live long, live well, and live with joy. This has been a production from a podcast studio.